This is a podcast from the Business Times. You can't just walk in and buy an old, just any random make and think that it'll be a good investment. It doesn't really work that way. Ain't all investments supposed to be like this? You've got to kind of study the market, pick and choose before you really make some cash out of it. Now, investing in collectibles is a great way to diversify your portfolio and so many to choose from, such as precious metals, jewellery and coins, and a whole host of more niche products, such as stamps, cars, toys, watches and books. The hunt for rare finds and curiosities can be fun, with collections accruing as much sentimental value as they do monetary worth. Rare and collectible cars are also growing in value, with indices in an all-time high territory. Some of this year's standout auction sales include a McLaren F1 that fetched almost 20 million US dollars, as well as the record 2.9 million US dollar purchase of a US spec Ferrari F40. Besides those with race pedigrees, others are also raking in big bucks among younger buyers, with a Lamborghini Countach achieving $720,000. But such alternative investments are also not without risk, and certainly not for the faint-hearted. Welcome to Money Hacks, a podcast series by The Business Times, where we explore useful financial tips to help you on your money-managing and wealth-growing journey. I'm your host, Howie Lim. Today is for the motorheads, investing in cars, worth it or lemons from the start. To help us out is Julian Cole, editor at SG Carmart. I think it's a little bit of a double-edged sword, you know. I mean, since when was investing money in cars in Singapore ever a good thing? We all know cars are liabilities in Singapore, considering crazy COE prices today. Shouldn't we be investing in stuff like properties and non-volatile stocks? I would reckon even investing in watches would be a safer bet. <laughs> but because I'm biased and because, well, you know, I like cars very much, I would say, yes, there are several specific make and models out there, modern classics that are worth keeping and perhaps even worth investing. With collectibles, it's best to have the largest pool of possible buyers, the highest demand, and that it's utilitarian. Are cars really it? Or do we need to start categorizing what's what in the cars segment, as different cars will do differently in the investment space? Yeah, I think defining classic cars per se would be the first choice because you can't just go out and get to know some second-hand dealer and just say, you know what, I want to buy an old car off your hand without thinking through... I mean, we're talking about 15, 20 years in Singapore. They're just any random make and think that it'll be a good investment. It doesn't really work that way. Ain't all investments supposed to be like this? You've got to kind of study the market, pick and choose before you really make some cash out of it. Yes, of course, you need to have the demand. Demand comes with a little bit of desirability as well when it comes to classic cars. But as we all know, investments, it's a 50-50 thing. If you're lucky, it could be a 70-30. There is still always a chance of failing. According to the Knight Frank Luxury Investment Index, the value of luxury goods grew 129% over the past 10 years, which sounds promising. Perhaps luxury cars are a part of that and could be an avenue for investors who wish to hedge against inflation. A global rebound from the COVID onslaught is driving luxury automaker sales to new highs as order books fill with demand from a hungry clientele. The world's richest motorists cut back on consumption as much as regular wage earners, leading to double-digit drops in sales of exotic vehicles. I do know of cases where people actually walk into showrooms and they just tell the sales guy, I want to buy this car and I want to pay it in full cash. 
just for pure transportation purposes. Obviously, this was when COE prices weren't that mad yet, but a wide variety of luxury goods. I mean, buying a, a Rolex watch can also be a luxury goods, your Chanel bags, Hermes wallets and stuff. Those are luxury goods as well. And if I compare those to cars, cars are definitely way more expensive. I can't really say if there's a correlation for that matter because we're talking about a difference of what? Fifty, eighty thousand dollars from your regular luxury goods like your bags and your watches and right up to your cars. The car space has many different categories. One trend has been that modern classics, cars made from the 80s to the 2000s, are really taking off right now. I do know of several people who really take their time. They enjoy the process of really collecting cars. And there are several specific models that I know are going for quite a fair bit of money. Past 20, maybe 30 years, a lot of people I know are collecting Porsche 911s. There are a handful of them who are also doing Mercedes-Benz SLs. But I think the more common ones, probably the slightly more affordable ones, the Austin Mini, as well as the Volkswagen Beetle, these are still your iconic cult cars. Obviously, there are other collectors out there who are collecting your Rolls Royces, your Silver Shadows and all that stuff. And those are the really high and really expensive ones. But there are some, especially of recent years, where your JDM cars are coming into the space now. And those aren't really old. We are only talking about 15, maybe 18, 20 years at best. And they are already starting to earn a bit of money. Highly depends on the trend. I bought my car, say, five or six years ago. I bought it at perhaps about 100 grand. Five, six years later, I actually managed to sell it at 100 grand again. Broke even over the past five, six years that I've driven the car. So it's not necessarily the case where you have to hold on for 15, 20 years because, again, it highly depends on the trend. It highly depends on the demand. Recent years, the demand for these JDM cars have gone berserk from the Mitsubishi Evolution 9s right up to the Honda Civic Type Rs. It started going up very steadily. However, these are younger cars, 10, 15 years. If you're talking about cars that you started buying, say, maybe some 15, 20 years ago, I don't even think you have to wait that long. You probably just have to hold it on for another bit, five, eight, maybe even 10 years at best. But again, that highly depends on what make and model you have. And what can investors do to maintain the value of a car as they wait it out? I insisted on keeping my car stock, which means I never modified my car. I kept it in its original wheels, original paintwork, even right down to original windscreen. It's down to the small details when you're talking about these kinds of cars. And I do know of some cars till today from the 80s that are in mint original condition. And obviously, those are your garage beauties. You know, you just sit there and it's all disconnected from the battery just to keep it in really mint condition. And the owners do make the effort to clean and polish the cars in and out just to make sure that the leather don't crack. There's no unnecessary rust going on. It's a very beautiful thing, beautiful process. It's very tempting for me. In my case, I was very tempted to modify my cars, but I sat down many times thinking, you know what, if I really want to sell my car one day, I need it to be in mint condition. And that is the key word here, Howie, mint. And still to come, what if you don't really know anything about cars, but you want to get into car investing just for the money? What's the outlook for collectible cars in the current environment? And can you actually make money from investing in cars?
Market Focus is your weekly look at markets in Singapore, the region, and beyond. From the Business Times podcast editor Clarissa Montero, the BT News Desk and the Singapore Exchange. Every Friday at 2 p.m. BTSG slash Market Focus to download. And now, back to Money Hacks from the Business Times. We've been speaking with Julian Cole, editor at SG Car Mart, about investing in cars. Perhaps more important than categories is keeping your car in mint condition. But an assumption is that if you tricked your ride out, souped it up with state-of-the-art this and that, those things would help with its value. I'm not necessarily. A friend of mine who has some really interesting cars as well, he actually said this to me, Julian, money can't buy you taste. And I have to completely agree with him because it all comes down to wanting a car that's in its original condition how the car was originally like, time correct, period correct, right out from the factory. There are even people I know who want the number plates on their cars to be period correct in terms of alphabetical. My car, period correct, would supposed to be an SJ something, the first three alphabets. But as time passed, right, we are already on SNE or is it SNF or something like that. So Some of them really want to keep it that way just to make sure that, you know what, I bought it in the correct time and I want it to be very accurate. Yes, there are some people out there who feel that, you know what, I want to get the most out of my money. So I might as well get a car that's completely tricked out. Then I don't even have to spend any more. But I reckon it shouldn't be that way because a car is in its best when it's fully original, fully from the factory original. Now it's looking like investing in cars may be similar to investing in wine. If you drank your wine investment, then it's just your own too bad. So if you drove your investment, that would be bad for its value as well. Almost because these are the sort of people who they don't even want to clock the mileage. They want to keep their mileage as low as possible. So if you put it that way, yeah, it'll be like wine. You know, if you drink it, then, well, you know what, just too bad. But here's the thing. If I'm a wine person, I mean, I buy the wine because I want to enjoy the drink. Nope. If I buy the car, it's because I really want to enjoy my car. I want to enjoy myself driving that car. I won't go to the extent of limiting myself from driving it, but I probably won't go around picking people up and go like, oh, let's go for a joyride and waste my mileage. Now let's get down to whether you can actually make money off of investing in cars. We're often told, invest in what you know, and beyond that, invest in what you're passionate about. But that can't always be the guiding force. What about pragmatism? What if you're just in it for the money? Would that be okay? Logically speaking, you cannot make money if you're passionate about something. Realistically speaking, pragmatism is probably the more logical answer. Still, I mean, in the context of Singapore, right? I'm passionate about my cars. I don't think I can actually make a lot of money off them. So think about it from that angle. Pragmatism is probably the better way to go if you want to invest in something. If you ever want to start, be sure to have extra cash because it's a very painful process. I had an Austin Mini once. It was a very temperamental car. I had a very hard time maintaining it. But of course, it's also partly because I was driving it quite regularly. But it was a very painful process. I mean, I spent a lot of money going to the workshop to and fro, repairing this, ordering the parts from some place. It's a fun but yet a tiring process. In all honesty, 
podcasts aren't the best things to invest. But if you've got some spare cash lying around, I would say yes, you should because it's a very, very fun. Yes, it's trying and yes, it's tiring, but it's a very fun process. It's very fun to see your car from nothing become something. So what exactly in the car investing market should investors look into? Start off small. Start off with something that's still relatively common in Singapore. The Porsche 911 is just getting a bit hard. You can hardly find a really nice condition. And even if you can find one, it's probably been owned by someone else already. You could start with the Austin Mini, the Volkswagen Beetle. There are some old Mercedes-Benz out there that you might still be able to get. But you would have to really find someone that you can trust so that you are, you're not scammed into a deal where the car is made up of many different parts from different era instead of being the period correct car. There are a lot of original Volkswagen vehicles on the road right now in Singapore and I know a lot of them order original parts just so that they can keep the car for as long as they can. Given it's such a niche market, investors may find it challenging to do their due diligence. Julian has some advice. Collectibles like this, it ain't like buying bread and butter, mass market sort of car. You can't just hop onto sgkarma.com. Hopefully, it'll be the sweetest deal that you can get. I mean, in reality, when it comes to stuff like this, it's really knowing people and talking to them and introducing word of mouth, introducing you know friends to friends or friends and one another. You know how it works. There are a lot of car gatherings and car meetups that I know of. And I know of this guy who actually does his whole cars and kopi once a month you could probably get in touch if you're interested because he probably has some idea of whom you can actually hook up with and even if he doesn't the people who attend would probably have proper direction point you towards perhaps this may not be an arena for the uninitiated because the impression is that the older the item the more valuable it is or that the passage of time accords greater value but this may not be entirely the case for cars, as all the cars don't seem to be doing very well. I still want to think that those are the cars that should be doing well. I just still believe that those are the cars that deserve to do well. I mean, if they're still around in Singapore, if you can still find them in good condition, these are the sorts of cars that should be really the one to have. Unfortunately, over a certain period, car makers are coming up with cars that are just slightly more desirable in terms of like, oh, I'm coming up with like limited edition cars, perhaps 20 in the world. And Singapore only has gotten two units. And for these kinds of cars, usually it's the sort of specific car makers that succeed. You're not going to get any sort of mass market brands doing limited edition. I'm talking about like maybe Bentleys and Porsches, Rolls Royce. So obviously over decades, the olden ones, the carriage-looking ones, they sort of fall behind a little bit. I've yet to see one really, really in good mint condition in Singapore in a really, really long time. So here's the bullet. Can investors who use their cars every day to ferry kids to and from school, do grocery runs, go to work, etc., make money off of their cars? Um, I have to be honest, absolutely not. It's a very niche market when it comes to collecting cars. You've got to have millions of dollars to really do that. Otherwise, it's very difficult to upkeep all these cars. And for Singaporeans, if I have millions of dollars, the first thing that comes to mind would be to buy another property. Given volatile times, price hikes are in the offing. And with the Singapore Motor Show coming up next year, the event will definitely drive up prices again.
But doesn't that bode well for people who already have their babies? The only way is up for prices, it would seem. Oh, of course. But again, if that's your only car and you want to sell it, if you sell high, you will be buying high. If it's your second car, and if your second car is one of a more desirable car, don't sell it, man. You should just keep it for as long as possible. Moving forward, cleaner energy cars will come in. Governments say that, you know what, we're going to stop selling internal combustion engine cars. You can safely assume that your second car will be an ICE car. Keep it for as long as you can. Don't get rid of it because in the next probably 15, 20 years time, it'll be a rare item. Don't sell it. And that's a wrap for this episode of Money Hacks. A big thank you to Julian Coe, editor of SG Car Mart. We'll talk about the overall collectibles market in the next episode and how inflation is pummeling it or not. I'm correspondent Howie Lim. Till next time. That was a podcast from the Business Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcast or via the Google Voice Assistant Amazon-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3 you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. This podcast is meant to provide general information only. SPH Media accepts no liability for loss arising from any reliance on the podcast or use of third parties' products and services. Please consult professional advisors for independent advice.